Like a deer in the headlights or gum in your hair, what got you here will not get you there. Join us as business owners get unstuck in real time on the business building struggles we all share. Welcome to the Business Breakthrough Podcast. And here's your host, Esty Rand. Welcome to episode 77. Guys, seven is my favorite number. Two sevens, that's two of my favorite number of the Business Breakthrough Podcast. My guest today is super, 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 super cool. Jessica Zimmerman, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you for having me. I am so excited that you are here. Guys, Jessica has an amazing story and I cannot wait to pick her brain. Uh, she and I are on our similar mission, so you're gonna have fun today. Jessica is on a mission to help creative entrepreneurs turn their passion into a wildly profitable business. And she did that, but she didn't start out that way. Jessica was teetering on the edge of bankruptcy, working 16 hour days with a daughter at home who barely knew her mother, infant twin sons, and an ill husband who lost his job. From bo broke to boss, she took massive action. Gotta love that line. After successfully scaling a six-figure floral company, designing $100,000 weddings that attracted A-list celebrity clients, Jessica scaled to seven figures in one year with no advertising and no affiliates, working less than 30 hours a week. She's been featured in People Magazine, Thrive Global, Once Wed, Martha Stewart Weddings, Style Me Pretty, Southern Living Brides, and more. Jessica, you're living everybody's dream right now. <laughs> I, I don't know about that, but <laughs> there's, there's a lot that goes on behind that, that glorious little pitch right there for sure. Always, always, <laughs> always. And you and I are on such a similar mission because I always say, I just want people to do what they love, earn buckets of money and still have a life doing it. And it sounds like you're on a mission to do the same. Tell me a little bit about this, this jump you made though. Cause I also, I talk all the time how I grew my business with no advertising and, and it sounds like just very, very similar wavelength. Right. Absolutely. And, and hear me say, I do a lot of marketing now. Um, so anyone who follows me now, who's listening, they're like, that's not true. She markets all the time. I do now. <laughs> um, but basically I started tracking, this is back when I was doing weddings and I was advertising in magazines. I was advertising, you know, by going to these bridal fairs and because that's what everybody did. And I was just doing it because I thought, well, yeah, that's what you got to do. Whatever I says, you got to do it. So you got to do it. And I started tracking and I would ask every single client how they found me. And at the end of the year, I realized not a single client found me from any of the places I was advertising. And at the time I was, I was advertising 20 to $25,000 a year in these wow. things. And so I thought, wow, if I could take that and then, and what I did notice was my ideal clients, the people I loved working with, they all had found me through referral from a, their photographer. Cause at the time people were booking their photographer before they were booking their floral designer. And so I just was like, you know what, I'm going to contact like the top five high-end photographers here in the area, and I'm just going to cater to them. I'm going to take them out to breakfast or lunch. I'm going to send them birthday gifts or anniversary gift cards, whatever it is. And I gave them like a media kit of my work. I spent about $200 doing that over a year. And that is how I very quickly went from just these small weddings to a six-figure wedding in a year 
Um, and then I continued to do six figure weddings. And so it's really, I just was learning, like, it's not about what everybody else does. It's about what works for you. And I think that's, gosh, that's such an easy thing because we are so visual today and everybody is looking constantly and comparing and everything. And I think that's probably, we're going to get to the best advice, I'm sure at some point during this podcast, but <laughs> that is, that is it, is that you just can't look at what anyone else is doing. You have your own business, even if it's similar as someone down the street, it's different. It's different. It's you, you're, you're different. And so what works for you is going to be different than what works for them. And you have to be really honest about that. And numbers help. Numbers help. So, yeah. Oh, my gosh. I love this. is like everything I teach in Marketing Magic. Like, you just taught, like, my Module 8. Oh, uh, wonderful. Oh, my gosh. That was awesome. <laughs> there you go, guys. I gave you Module 8 for free. <laughs> that's right. That's right. No, but that that's it, right? So, my Marketing Magic, is, it's my um, my group coaching course where you never waste money on marketing again. Right. The, at the essence of it is pretty much everything you said, Right. We teach tracking, we teach smart marketing. There's a whole lot more in it and there's branding and targeting and sales and all that stuff. Sure. But essence is if something's not working. Are we still doing it? Fix it. I know that yeah. I love that line. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Right. The opposite is also true. Yes, <laughs> like absolutely. I can't tell how many people have come to me and they're like, so Essie, should I keep doing my Google ads? I say, well, how are they working? They're like, oh, they're not working yet. How well, long do you no. <laughs> about six months. I'm like, I'm sorry. You're paying money to something for six months and it hasn't done anything. Yeah, but maybe it takes time. I'm like, maybe it doesn't. Right. <laughs> maybe it doesn't right. take any time at all, actually. It's true. Maybe Google Ads are one of those things that if it doesn't work in a week, you shut it down. Maybe that's. Yes. yes. <laughs> you know, and I'm a big believer in like, let's let's try try something and see if it works. And if it does, great. If it doesn't, then it doesn't. But you also need to be really smart about your money. I'm big on if you're going to be a business, you need to you need to treat it like a business, you know, and yeah. you need to know these numbers. You need to know how things are working, what's the conversion rate, you know, and all of these things. And most people just write someone a check blindly and think they're going to bring me all this business. That's not how it works. You have to be in charge of bringing the Preach. business. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh. So good. So how did you even get started in this? How did you get into flowers to begin with? Because there was a beginning even before this beginning. Sure. Yeah. I basically just always wanted to own my own business. The very uh, shortened version of it is that I lost my sister when I was little. And so I grew up, um, it was just me and my parents. And when I went off to college, I, well, I, I grew up very quickly, obviously when that happened, I was, I was almost four my sister died and I she was older or younger she was um almost nine um okay. when she when she died so she was five years older than me I idolized her she was a super kind older sister who um included me I wasn't a, a pest to her and we had a really great relationship and I think that I've lived uh, most of my childhood and growing up years feeling very misunderstood um, you know, just things like, oh, this is just, she's an only child. I'm actually not. I'm a second born child, you know, or, um, but it, it made me grow up. I had to kind of, in some ways, take on a very adult role at a young age in my family. And I went to therapy. I, I go to therapy every Tuesday. I'm a big believer in it. <laughs> I think it is so good to educate yourself about yourself. But one of the things that we learned was that I've always been ever since that incident about 10 years older emotionally um, than my physical age, which made so much sense to me because I just was like, okay. Cause I just always felt out of place or misunderstood. And 
basically I just always wanted to own my own business because I saw how difficult it was on my mom when I went to college. She had poured everything into me and I was, I was, I was her job basically. And then I was gone and she didn't have anything that was just hers. And I just told myself, I'm not ever going to do that. Like I know from experience that life is not guaranteed. Tomorrow is not guaranteed. And I could wake up tomorrow and my husband and my three children could have gotten in a car accident. And it's just me like that can happen. That does happen to people. And so that is why I have this mission of you've got to live your life and enjoy your life and love your life and do something for work that you really enjoy doing. But also for me, it's important to have something that is just mine, that is just mine, that I can own, that I, that if something were to happen, I still have some identity in, in this because this is mine. And the only way that I knew how to do that and still be a present mom, because I knew I wanted to have kids one day and a family The only way I knew how to do that was to own my own business because I didn't want to ask permission. I don't take direction very well. I don't like being told (laughs) what to do. And so I just thought that's what's got to happen. And so um, I bought a business because it was offered to me uh, that was a wedding rental business. And I didn't care what the business was. I would have sold knives for a living. I didn't care what it was. I just wanted to be my own boss. And so I bought that business. And that rental business nearly drove me into the ground bankruptcy wise and just my physical, everything. It was so difficult. It, I, did, I had no idea how to run it. And when I started once again, finally treating it like a business and looking at the numbers, I realized the floral portion of the business is what actually made money. And so I thought, well, I'm just going to get rid of all the rentals and just do the floral. So to answer your question, that's how I got into flowers. <laughs> that's an awesome story. And Thank did you. Do you do any floral training or do you just hire other florists or do you have a knack for it? That I, I love that question. Um, so I took one class at like a grocery store and <laughs> basically faked it. And now this is hard and I get it. I totally get this. For people who have really trained and they know what they're doing, people like me are so annoying and I get it. I totally get it. And I would probably feel the same way if I were them. But for me, it was, I didn't have a choice. Like I, I had this business loan that I still owed on that I needed. I was on the brink of bankruptcy and this was the only service that my business had that made money. And so I just kind of faked it till I made it. At one point I thought I've got, I mean, I don't really I'm okay if I never touch another flower again. Most people in the wedding industry, if you say that to them, they would they would roll over and die. Like it, it is their life. Like they love it so much. And I'm kind of like, I always kind of felt like, how did I get into this? Like I'm not meant to be here. I'm kind of feeling like a fraud because these people like people would ask me the names of flowers. I'm like, I don't know, some kind of rose. I mean, like I don't know. I I don't know. I don't care. Um, and it's, that was me. And so I just figured out the business end of it really, really well and kind of faked the beauty and the, and the overall production of it. But in the end, I did hone a craft for it. I mean, I, I, I do feel proud of what I can create with no formal training. Um, but am I in, do I consider myself one of the top floral designers in the industry? No, not whatsoever. (laughs) 
I love that. And I actually, I've had a couple of clients who were florists. One of my first clients ever was a florist. And I feel like saying, you know, it's almost like part of your success is because you weren't, because you looked at it like a business instead of, and, and that's always the trouble, right? Because, and, and it's part of what I also teach, because I'm sure you do. When you're so passionate about something, mm -hmm. so in it and you just want to do it. And I want you to do what you love, but you got to still remember the money. Right. And so many people never get both. They either go for money and they hate what they're doing or mm -hmm. they love it and they cannot figure out how to do money from it because they're so deep in it. And I find that so many people who are creative, who are talented, they're just like, they don't, I think because it's so much a part of them, they don't know how to put dollar signs on it. Right. They don't know how to business. It's emotional that. for them. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's an attachment. And it's also so natural. Like I've had people say to me, but I say, I can't charge for this. It only takes me five minutes. I'm like, honey, that's the best thing to charge for. Absolutely. <laughs> the, thing you're so sick. the fact that it takes you five minutes, she's like, oh, so what could I charge? I said, like $20. I'm like, oh, it hurts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, and the thing is, the question that I always ask, the first question I always ask is, do you want to be a business or do you want a hobby? There's nothing wrong with it being a hobby. But if you want to be a business, you have to know business. You have to treat it like a business. You have to know that businesses make money and that that is the, that's the end goal. Like businesses are either booming or they are going into the ground or they're just, you know, hanging in there. It's, if you want to be a business, then you need to want to be a successful business, which, which entails making money. Yes, that is, I always say, and even for nonprofits, because I, I used to, not as much anymore, but still some, I used to do a ton of nonprofit work. And I always say, business is an entity that exists to do a set of activities in order to earn money. A nonprofit exists to get money in order to do a set of activities. Both have activities, both have money. Absolutely. <laughs> and a nonprofit is, it's just shorthand for not-for-profit business. Guys, did you notice that? The word business was in there. Businesses have money, otherwise it's the, oh my gosh, you and I are like, twin separated. I, <laughs> I love it. I love it. Uh, I, mean, I, I know our listeners, like they hear me every week and they're like, Jessica, like, did you, did you listen to that? Like, this is everything we say. No, but guys, I want you to understand Jessica and I have never spoken before a few minutes before this recording started. No, this is just the truth. This, this is, is the truth. And I actually confessed to her. I said, forgive me. I, I have never, I have, I've got three kids at home. I go to work and then that's it. Like, I don't really listen to anything. And I don't really know what this podcast is about, but I, I, I did. I just confessed. And so this is, this is natural. This is just us yeah, this saying is it how it is. Natural. Jessica's not cheating at all. She doesn't <laughs> even know what we usually talk about here, guys. <laughs> this is, but this is just the truth. And so many people, that's why we built Business Bootcamp. Like so many people just don't understand the business piece of the business. Like absolutely to me. And sometimes they've already sunk tons of money in something, which always hurts. And, and there's never going to be any money in it. They're like, no, no, I don't mind waiting. I'm like, no, no, let me, let me explain this to you. You will wait forever until you're so deep in debt. That mm -hmm. will be able to, you have to shut it down and about to repair bankruptcy. Like it, it's profit model. Like there's mm -hmm. gotta be money in it somewhere. So I, I love this. I love that you came to it from a business place and then you brought the creative place into it. And it sounds like now you're doing, you're not only doing the flowers, it sounds like now you're looking to help other people turn their talents into proper businesses. Yeah, it's funny because we did our first six-figure wedding. This was um, in 2016. And so in 2017, January and February of 2017, those are our two slowest months of the year. And I am a big believer in utilizing the low season. And I said to 
my right hand gal, Kelly, who's been with me since the beginning, I said, what if we, what if I wrote down like what we do? Like, what if I just wrote down kind of my story of where I was and like what I do now and just the exact systems I use and everything. What if I wrote that? And then like, you could like put it into some pretty PDF and we sold it. And we just, we just did that. Like that'd be a fun thing to do this quarter. And honestly, I didn't really know much about online courses and online. I think I had bought one before, but I wasn't, I, it wasn't oversaturated to me. I wasn't like, oh, I got to get in that at all. It genuinely was just, how can we attempt to make some money this quarter um, during the slow season? And so we did that and then we sold it and we did well. We sold like 40, which by the way, I had zero people on a newsletter list. I had less than 3000 Instagram followers and still 40 people bought that. Where, how and, did they find it? Whoa, whoa, whoa pause. Where did they buy it? Where did they I only, it? I, I, that first time around, I only used Instagram. I would just, which would seem absolutely crazy to me now. Like the, the Jessica today that knows so much more about marketing, I'm like, that's insane. But that also just, I believe there are times that things work because this is now the path you're supposed to go on. It's leading you into that direction. And I just believe that that's what happened. I just went on Instagram and by the way, no, I'm certain that my 3000 followers, there was a good majority of them, you know, probably everybody except those 40 that bought it were like, who does she think she is? Like who does this girl from Arkansas who's done this for a few years think she is? sell it like talking to me about business and what it what in the world so she did one good wedding okay and you know I just <laughs> I just think they probably thought because at the same time now you have to remember I don't follow other floral designers or wedding planners that's part of my thing but I didn't realize there were just like all these big courses left and right coming out I knew of the one that I had purchased and everything but it was very here's how you do flowers. Like, here's how you make arrangements. And mine was not this way. Mine was business. Like, it was like, if you're wanting to buy this for a floral tutorial, this is not the one to do because I'm talking to you about business. And we planned on selling it that one time and that being it. Like, I remember doing it and thinking, well, that was fun. Like, what a fun thing that we did. And moving on to more wedding clients. And then we started getting these emails, testimonies, basically, that we didn't ask for. Or anything we just started getting these emails from students who would say things like I've never booked a client over two thousand dollars before and I booked my first twenty thousand dollar wedding after reading your course I uh, even back then, I didn't even call it a course I called it a business memoir because I didn't I wasn't telling people what to do I was just sharing them what I did and what you have to understand is that because I'm not attached to the floral business like I'm not I'm not scared to share everything. You know what I mean? I think there's I probably there's no like trade secrets here. Yeah. You're like, there's no trade secret because I barely know what to do with the flowers myself. <laughs> right. And I think that there are flower designers who have courses out there who have really great courses, but they've, they're sharing maybe 65% of what they know because they can't share it all because they're still very invested in that business. I'm, I'm okay if I never do, touch another flower again. So I'm, I'm willing to share everything. And so we started getting these testimonies in that were just mind blowing. And we thought, 
we need to do this again. And so we sold it again that fall. Well, that's How when I started this thing for how much did it cost this memoir? That first round, we sold it for a thousand dollars each. <laughs> yeah. We sold it. Okay. Pause. <laughs> Everybody pause. You wrote a PDF that was what, like 30, 50 pages? Oh, no, 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 no. Like it was, it was like a 25 chapters. Okay, had every spreadsheet. It really is a course. It uh, really okay. is a course. So it was like a written out course, but it was but, all written. But we, I wrote it in chapter form. And at the end of each chapter would have a link to the spreadsheet that we use or the link to you know, it, the, it the system. How to build a floral business guide. Yes. But like essentially if you were to, now it's on Kajabi and those chapters are modules and everything, but it was, the, it's the exact same thing. But it was just in a PDF versus Kajabi, and it was chapters versus modules. But it was the exact same thing. And so we sold it for $1,000 each, and I just thought, well, okay, great. And after that is when I thought, if we could sell, that's when my business brain started going, and thought, if we could sell 40 to, with no newsletter list and, and 3,000 Instagram followers, imagine what we could do if we actually knew what we were doing with marketing. and just hearing those testimonies, it made me, because I had finally figured it out, right? How to be a totally present mom and how to make money and how to bring home a six-figure salary. Like I'd finally figured those things out and I didn't want to keep it to myself. I wanted to share it. That was more fun. It was more natural to me than, than doing flowers and dealing with clients about color palettes. Like I don't really care, but I pretended like I did really well. And um, I just, it all made sense to me. It all clicked to me within, when I started receiving those testimonies. That's why I went through that. That's why I was on this flower wedding business because I was meant to teach people who were actually meant to be in this business how to do it and make money and so still have a life that they love. Flowers love. or is this what you do full-time now? This is what I do full-time now. Mm -hmm. uh, so my last wedding was, anymore. yeah, my last wedding was about 15 months ago oh, and wow. I knew in my head that it was my last wedding. Like I didn't tell anybody that, but I knew, uh, for a year before that wedding was done, that that was my last wedding because I didn't take on any more clients or anything. It was difficult to build the education side and the wedding side at the same time. And I knew that if I really wanted to give the education side a go, I would have to be able to fully invest in it, my time in it, because and I'm very- the, the floral business then when you left it? So we have, we sold the, so Zimmerman Education and Zimmerman Events, I still own Zimmerman Events because people need to be able to see, they need to see that I did do this and they're not going to buy this course from somebody who they don't know, they can't see that they did this. So Zimmerman Education, Zimmerman Events is both under my umbrella, my business. And, but we did sell the inventory and we have a building downtown that we leased. And so, yeah, we've, we've done everything really. Wait, but why would you have to keep it? Like you sold it, you moved on and it would still make sense. I don't under, I'm confused. Why would you have to keep it? Your cred is that you went in, you built it. You came in with the business head. You like the business more than the flowers and now you crack the code to growing flower businesses. You sold your flower business. Now you teach it. Because my my loan is still. I need to finish paying it off. 
Ah, uh, there's the answer. Yes. <laughs> it should be really paid lies. off. It should be paid off this year. But also Zimmerman Events was only around for a couple years. It wasn't so around long. So what? I, I hear you. I hear what you're saying. And but I'm, a, I'm a marketer. That's why. Like I know. I know. I hear, and it's interesting because I say the same thing all the time to people. Don't just shut the doors. Sell it. Pivot. And I feel like that's what I've done. I feel like I did pivot. And I, I like having, having both, even though, because I still do get, we still get features. We still, I do still put that work out there and get that to get, because not everyone is listening. My main audience isn't listening to business podcasts. They are looking in Martha Stewart weddings. You know what I mean? So I still. Taking clients. Do you pass the clients on to other people when people like, if you're out there, you must get inquiries. And if you get inquiries, what do you do with them? Right. Yeah. We pass on them. Mm -hmm. Do you, you pass on them, but do you pass them on? We give recommendation. Yeah. I have a good relationship with someone here who, who we definitely work with. And like, we like a good kickback relationship? Yes. Yes. Cool. Sorry. <laughs> every, every private club time. I'm sorry. I put you No, no, no. You're good. I get, yes. Very good. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I, and it's, it's not because I, I want to, to put you on the spot. I want people to understand how to do. I'm also that. not going to sell Zimmerman events while Zimmerman education is so, is doing well because everything about Zimmerman education refers to the things we did under Zimmerman events. And I don't want someone else to take it. And then what if they ruin it? What if it's bad? What if it's, and then they see different reviews and that's not the business I built. And so it really is, it's the same business. It just is. I hear you. And it's also what crafts a story. Like it took, yeah. you know, until halfway through our episode for me to even figure out that you're not doing that. Yeah, and totally. Your story. It's like, oh, florist who built a seven figure floral business. Who's passionate about creative entrepreneurs. Hey, she has a whole education company that teaches creative entrepreneurs. Right, 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 right. right. It's a great hook because I, yes. you know, um, and you also have a podcast and I'm sure you know also that, you know, we get pitched all the time and there's all these like cookie cutter stamped out people. You're like another one. Another. Yep. And guys, you listeners <laughs> know, I don't take any of those, right? I only like fun people like Jessica. <laughs> I love it. Just like, no, I love the questions, questions because no one's ever asked me that. And I'm like, well, how do I answer this? Like, okay, no, like we're not selling it because we can't because we're in it still. Yeah, 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 yeah. To understand the inside. Absolutely. Hey guys, thank you so much for listening to part one of this episode. Stay tuned for part two going live Thursday. And of course, subscribe. You do not want to miss this. You've been listening to the Business Breakthrough Podcast with SD Rand. If you're looking for a breakthrough in your business, reach out at sdrand.com slash breakthrough to be a guest on the show. Everyone's got a business struggle. What's yours?